How's everybody doing? Woo. Ah, such an awesome time where we get to worship and just be reminded of who God is. Amen? Ah, well, you know, if you've been with us for the last few weeks, or actually for the last few months, we've been talking about community. And the reason is because that's our focus. We believe that as a church, we're called to be in community. And so I remember this one time, just a couple of years ago, we had our district camp, our youth district camp for, for high school. It's called Legacy. And I remember the speaking pastor did an activity and he called up, he said, okay, here's what I need. I need volunteers who are hungry. Now, when you're asking a bunch of high school students if they're hungry, all of them are going to say, pick me, pick me, because they're all hungry. And so he said, in fact, here's what I need. I need, so, I need people who really love bacon. How many of you guys love bacon? If you love bacon, right, you love bacon in the chat for those of you guys online. And so he said, okay, here's what I want you guys to do. I want, I want, I'm going to choose 10 students. So he chose 10 students. He said, okay, come on up. And here's the deal. I want you to, when I say go, you got to eat the piece of bacon. But is this a catch? Just a small catch. You got to choose the right bacon. Because some of this is not bacon. It's bacon strips. Not a commercial. Bacon, bacon, bacon. The dog, right? The dog is like, bacon, bacon, bacon. I want bacon. And, and so he's like, some of these are not bacon. It's bacon strips. And so I remember we had one of our students um, from our church. Uh, she, went, she went up and she picked wrong. And all I remember her doing was coming off the stage going, oh, that's disgusting. And I was like, well, what happened? She's like, I chose the bacon strip. It was disgusting. I was like, well, yeah, it's meant for dogs. <laughs> like, it's not meant for human beings. It's, meant for, it's like, I mean, it's okay for you to eat it. You probably just have a sore stomach, but, you know, because in youth ministry, we just go crazy sometimes. And so I remember that, that. I was like, and it was funny because I asked her, why did you choose that, though? Why didn't you choose the other one? Because it looked like bacon. And I told her, well, just because it looks like bacon doesn't mean it's actually bacon. And, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because when it comes to our lives, when it comes to us being here, we all crave authenticity, right? I don't think anybody goes, hey, you know what? I really want something fake. No. Like, we don't, we don't like fake things. We all crave authenticity. But the question is, what does it mean to be authentic? See, our authenticity begins with who Jesus is. Because Jesus is the way the truth, and the life. And when we follow after him, we discover how to be authentic in who we are as individuals and as a community. There's a scripture in the Bible, and if you have your notes, uh, if you're following along your, our app, we have our Sunday uh, service areas where you can find our uh, message notes and you can follow along there. If not, it's going to be on the screen. But there's a scripture, and I think it's so interesting is that Jesus talks about authenticity. But a lot of times we might not catch it. We might mistake it for something else. So in Luke 9, he actually talks about how do we become authentic? Like, how do we be real? Like, like how do we stop being fake in the sense of trying to be something that we're not for the Lord? And this is what he says in Luke 9, verse 23. He says, then he said to the crowd, now, now catch this entire scripture, okay? Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, 
take up your cross daily and follow me. And what's so amazing about that scripture is this. Do you notice who he's actually addressing? He's addressing the crowd. In fact, he's addressing the community of people around him. But then he breaks it down. He says to the crowd, if any of you, and the reason for that is because before we can be an authentic community, we got to be authentic ourselves. You see, when we are authentic as individuals, then we can become a community that's authentic. And so if you're taking notes, here's the first thing that we learn from that scripture is this, be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. Now I'm going to be honest, I'm going to be authentic with everyone here today that this is not going to be an easy message because there's, there's, it's going to challenge us. And the first thing is be vulnerable. When Jesus says, give up your own way. That's him saying, you have to walk away from what you think is what yourself and open yourself, expose yourself in all your flaws and all your weaknesses because it can't be your way. You have to be willing to give it up. Nobody likes to give it up. Like when I play games with my kids, I don't like to give up. So I smoke them. <laughs> I beat them. People are like, wow, you know, your kids is only... Seven, good. They're going to learn losing from seven. Because my thinking is this, hey, daddy got to show them that you cannot give up. Sometimes in order to win, you also got to know what it means to lose. Or that's what I try and tell them as they're crying. <laughs> but the truth is, we got we to be vulnerable. You see, to be vulnerable means revealing our weaknesses. When was the last time you told somebody your weakness? Nobody tells anybody their weakness. Nobody does that. No, we, we like to put up walls and say, no, 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 I'm not going to let nobody in. I'm not going to tell you my weakness. We don't like to do that. We don't really like to reveal our weaknesses. But it's something that is needed. Because here's the thing. We all have weaknesses. You might be sitting here right now. You might be online. You might be thinking, I have no weakness. That might be your weakness, thinking that you have no weakness. One of my favorite superheroes growing up was Superman. And everybody knows who Superman is. Superman is the guy with the S on his chest, and he can fly, he can dodge bullets, he can do all these great things. But what is his weakness? Kryptonite. Everybody knows that. One rock. One green rock. This is weakness. Dude can fly, dude can dodge bullets, dude can get shot and not do, but a rock. You give him a rock, he starts melting in his weakness. See, we all have weaknesses. Now, I'm going to be authentic and honest, and I'm going to share with you guys one of my weaknesses, okay? So don't use this against me, because the Lord is watching. He's letting you know. I'm just letting you know. But you might look at me like, Ben, you're a big guy. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're a pretty, pretty big guy. What is your weakness? What is one of your weaknesses? Well, my wife knows my weakness. She knew it as we were dating, and she knows it even more now as, as we we're married, and she even uh, uses it to her advantage, <laughs> Because she knows my weakness. My weakness is I absolutely hate being tickled. Yeah? I hate it. Like, I tell Katie, my wife, that if I was to get abducted and, and tortured, all they would have to do is do this. See, I can tickle myself. That's, that's how vulnerable I am. I have weaknesses. I have, my weakness is being tickled. So anytime I'm arguing with Katie, she knows how to beat me. Like, she knows. 
Like, she'll do it just for fun. <laughs> she'll be like, eh, stop it. Get away, get away, get away. And she's like, no, because that's my weakness. I, I, and my vulnerability is me being tickled. Now, if you come to me and try and tickle me, first of all, social distancing, okay? <laughs> Second of all, hana ukulele, don't do that. But I'm weak in that area. Now, I know it's a funny weakness, but the truth is I have other weaknesses too. And then the reality is there's a lot of times where I don't want to be weak. I try to deny it, try to hide it. But here's the thing. When we become authentic in our weakness, we actually let Jesus be our strength. See, there's a scripture in the, in the Bible, 2 Corinthians 12, 8 to 10. And I love it because this is Paul the apostle writing this. And Paul, for those of you who don't know, Paul was actually a Pharisee who uh, was actually against uh, Christianity. And so he was actually the one arresting and actually sentencing to death the early Christians. And then what happens is he encounters Jesus, he changes his life. And then from that moment on, he lives his life proclaiming the gospel of Jesus. But there's, a, there's a, a letter that he writes to the church in Corinth, and this is the second letter. And he's talking about how there's, it's like a thorn in his flesh. And as much as he tries, he tries to get rid of it, it's still there. And this is what he says in, in 2 Corinthians 12, verses 8 to 10. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Can I be honest with you? You know how many times I've read that scripture? You know how many times I don't listen to it? Because the truth is, we don't like to be up front with our weaknesses, not even to Jesus. We don't like to be, we, sometimes we're not authentic with our weaknesses, even with our Lord and Savior. But Paul is writing, listen, the only way, the only way that he can handle this is when he admits that he's weak so that Jesus can come in and say, listen, I'll be your strength. I'll be your source of power. See, we live in a world where we get constantly told, hey, whatever your weakness is, hide it. Don't let anybody see it. Don't let anybody know about it. Just show off your strengths. And what's interesting is that when we do that, when we live in that way, all we're doing is we're showing off ourselves. But maybe the reason why we're supposed to show off our weaknesses is so that we can show off Jesus. Think, listen, we all have weaknesses. Every single person in this room, everybody online, we all have weaknesses. There's not nobody in this world that doesn't have it. It's time that we be authentic in it and be vulnerable with it. There's a lot of times where, uh, man, if we hide our weakness, we're essentially hiding who Jesus is in us. See, Paul in that scripture is sharing that when I embrace my weakness, 
I witness the perfect power of God to do greater things within me. You see, I think a lot of times when we, we don't admit our vulnerabilities, we actually stop Jesus from working in our lives. Because he's saying, I, I see something that, that needs work on because you're weak in that area, but if you're not going to be honest with me and with yourself, then I can't help you with it. You're going to continue to go on your own. What's so amazing about that is we as people, I think, we as people, we have a lot of times where, um, where it's easy for us to perform rather than just be. In fact, just this morning I was reading, uh, I, was on, I was on Instagram and um, I was following one of, one of our pastor friends. And so he's showing a, a video on his story of him walking with his kids. And it's a beautiful day. And it's like, it's just, you know, because when you're on Instagram or when you're on social media, you can portray whatever you want, right? We live in that era. We live in that era where we live on social media, we live on Instagram, where we can put filters and all these things and, and make everything look nice. And so his, his video is him literally walking with his kids, and this, he actually shows a rainbow, and it's beautiful and all that. And then the next story, though, I love it because he shares that right after he took that video, his older kid pushed his youngest kid and started yelling. And so he actually responded, not in the best way. And I love how he said it because he said, don't be fooled by what's shown on Instagram. Because a lot of times, that's not real life. We live in such a time where we don't, we don't talk about our vulnerabilities we hide them. Now, now, please understand something, okay? I'm not saying go and tell everybody your vulnerabilities, okay? I'm not saying go tell everybody that you're ticklish because hopefully it doesn't work against you. Like, it's going to work against me. Hopefully not. But we have to create, we have to understand that we were created also with weaknesses. Why? Because we are created by God who says we need him. And the moment we become authentic in that, the moment we become vulnerable, we allow Jesus to work in our lives. The second thing is this. You ready? This one's the hardest one. Well, not the hardest one, but it's the hard one. The second thing is this. We got to be uncomfortable. Woo! We got to be uncomfortable. You know why that's hard? Because we want comfort. I remember uh, when I first, I remember we were looking at getting trucks years ago when me and Katie first got married. And, uh, and I always dreamt of getting a Toyota Tacoma because I, growing up as a kid, I had a red Toyota that was supposed to be mine and then it got, we got rid of it. So getting a truck, I wanted a red Toyota Tacoma. Well, I sat in a red Toyota Tacoma and I didn't fit. I was like, ah. In fact, the car, dealer, the car dealerman was like, um, bro, you, you don't look comfortable. I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I cannot, I cannot breathe, but I'm okay. And so I remember um, just, he was like, hey, you, you know what? You should get a bigger truck. So I was like, okay, sure, sure. So I eventually got a Tundra. And what I didn't realize is that the Tundra has more cylinders, which means more gas, which means... I gotta pay more money. But the thing was, it was comfortable. It was comfortable. You see, we, we, we are in a world that says, hey, comfort is a good thing. Now, I'm not saying comfort is not a good thing. 
But it becomes a bad thing when it's all we strive for and not be real. See, we got to be willing to be uncomfortable. In fact, that's what Jesus means when he says, take up your cross. Like, imagine this. Imagine the image of Jesus carrying, his, carrying the cross. We, all, we, we might have the, we can almost imagine that image, I think. We've seen it all over. We've seen it in, in media and all these things. We see it. We see Jesus carrying the cross in excruciating pain. Now imagine you carrying a cross. The first instinct is, no, I don't like to do that. I don't like to do that. I don't like, I don't like carrying stuff, period. I don't like carrying on cross. But when Jesus says, take up your cross, here's what he actually means by being uncomfortable. He means we have to be willing for there to be tension in our lives. There has to be tension. See, we don't like struggles. How many of you guys like struggles in your life? Like when you get bills, you're like, yes, I'm so grateful that I got electricity bills. That wooly moly, it's that much this month? Great. Nobody likes struggles. Nobody likes struggles. And so because we don't like struggles, we will often put on a fake smile and pretend everything's okay. But here's the thing. In the tension, when we allow ourselves to be uncomfortable, we allow the Holy Spirit to move. We let the Holy Spirit move. Matthew 5, verses 3 to 10, and, and some of us, we know, we know of this, these scriptures, but I'm going to actually read from the message translation, and, and I want you to hear this loud and clear. This is Jesus speaking. This is his Sermon on the Mount as he's giving the, what we call the Beatitudes. And so he says, you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God in his rule. You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you will find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you'll find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your outside, inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Now we, when we read those scriptures, that's, that's actually a section where uh, scholars have called the Beatitudes. And I think it's interesting that it's called the Beatitudes. Because if you read any other translation in the message, you're going to read it like this. I don't know if you caught it in that, but what is the first word you hear? Blessed, right? How many of us want to be, we all want to be blessed, right? How many of us want to be blessed? Raise, like, acknowledge if you want to be blessed in your life. We all want blessings in our lives. But do you notice what Jesus says after the word blessed? Each and every time? <laughs> Persecution. Like, you notice how Jesus says blessed, and then after blessed, it's a bunch of things like, you're like, wait, hold on. Oh, so blessed, but I got to endure persecution. Blessed, but I got, I got to 
be okay with what's going on. Like the first one is you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Huh? Like, wait, 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 what? Like, Jesus, what are you, what are you saying? You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. Shouldn't I be blessed when I'm not nowhere near the end of the rope? And it's because Jesus is saying, a lot of times we want the blessings, but we're not willing to be in a position to receive them because we want comfort. I said it to the youth one time. I said it, um, we, in order to be, in order to have to bless, you have to be willing to endure the stress and the mess. Because a lot of times that's the only way the blessings are going to come. Now listen, God's God and he's going to bless however he wants. But a lot of times, God's greatest blessings are going to come from the greatest challenges. And when we're challenged, we have two options. We can endure it or we can run from it. That's the only way, that's the only two things we have. And I think a lot of times we live in the comfort when God is saying, I need you to come out of that area. See, Jesus doesn't want us to act or pretend that everything is okay, but instead he invites us into the uncomfort zone with him so that we can receive from him. I know I said this probably a couple months ago in, in one of my other messages that I spoke on, but I remember this one day we were at Katie's grandma's house and the kids were playing and I told the kids all day, hey, pick up your guys' toys because daddy doesn't want to step on anything, Legos, whatever it may be. And so we're playing, we're, we're, I'm, I'm walking through the house and I step on something and it punctures my foot. And I'm in pain. Like I'm in pain. To the point where I'm going to be honest, I can still feel the pain in my foot. There's nothing in it. It's, it's already healed. There's, it's already completely healed, but I still feel the pain from it. And so I remember uh, feeling that pain, being, being upset with the kids. Like, ah, I told you guys, pick up your toys, put them away. Look, daddy stepped on one toy. And in fact, when I lifted up my foot, the, to the toy was still stuck in my foot. So I pulled it out and I said, look, daddy stepped on a toy. I told you guys, put the toys away. So okay, so I, I, I put a I put a band-aid on and, and I just, I was like, after I took the kids uh, clean up, put all the toys away, I started walking around and I could feel it. Because of course it's my foot and I'm walking around. And Katie's like, um, are you okay? I'm like, uh, no, nah, I'm okay, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. She's like, why don't you just call the doctor? Go to the doctor, make sure everything's okay. No, I'm all right, I'm all right, it's okay. It's already late in the afternoon, I'm probably gonna have, if I try and call and get an appointment, they're probably not gonna see me till tomorrow anyway. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And she's like, are you okay though? And I'm telling her, no, I'm okay. Inside, I'm going, no, I'm not. I'm hurting. It's like somebody cut off my foot, you know, over, <laughs> overacting it, over dramatizing it. And so, so it, it, but it gets sore. It continues to get sore because I'm still walking on it. Finally, towards the, toward, later on in night, she looks at me, she says, are you okay? I'm like, no. Can you, can you take me to the hospital? And the reason was because I didn't want to go to the doctor because I don't like going to the doctor. I'm not comfortable going to the doctor. I don't like going to the doctor. But finally, the pain was so much that I looked at her and said, Katie, you need to take me to the hospital. You need to take me to the ER because I want to make sure there's nothing in it. Uh, I also have diabetes, so that's not a good thing. And so 
she takes me to the hospital, and I'm like, and I'm just in pain, and I'm like, oh, what if there's something inside? What if there, you know, all these things. And so we get up there, and the, I have to tell the nurse why I'm here. Oh, I, I stepped on one of my kids' toys, and I don't know if there's something inside. And, and so the doctor comes in, he looks at it, he says, oh, you're fine. There's nothing inside. But we're going to give you a Band-Aid. As soon as he gives me the Band-Aid, I look at Katie because... The, the administration person comes in and, and comes in, gets my information, and she says, oh, this is your bill. $100. For one Band-Aid. $100 for one Band-Aid. Why? Because I was lying to myself, trying to say, no, my foot is okay, because I was uncomfortable going to the doctor, which I eventually did because the pain was so uh, immense that I, was, I started to worry. And here's the even better part. The next day, I still had to go to the doctor to follow up my ER visit. And so because I was uncomfortable with going to the doctor, or because I was trying to be, com- trying to be comfort and not willing to be uncomfortable and going to the doctor, I ended up paying way more than I should have for a Band-Aid. You know what's interesting? We do the same thing in life. We're not willing to to be uncomfortable until the pain is too much. Can I share this? Let's just be uncomfortable. If there's tension, let there be tension. Let there be a moment where the Holy Spirit can move in and through us because it's in our uncomfort that we will experience growth, healing, and blessing. And the last thing is this. The last thing is this. Be vulnerable, be uncomfortable, be willing. Be willing. See, in a world that's out of control, we want to be in control. But the only thing we can really control is what we choose to hold on to. That's why Jesus says, follow me. Because he wants us to understand that if we follow him, even in the unknown, we will let his will be known. See, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, one of my favorite scriptures, it says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which, which, path, which path to take. A couple years ago, um, there was a local business, uh, many of us probably know where it is, um, that around Halloween time, they were doing a haunted house. And it was in a scary, scary haunted house. It's a really simple haunted house. And so I said to Katie, let's take our kids. Because I'm that kind of dad. I like to take them through haunted houses. Because I knew already it wasn't going to be that bad. And so, and so we, go, we go to, um, to the haunted house. And, we, and we, so we're walking through. And I'm, I'm kind of laughing because, again, like I'm laughing because I already know it's all fake and all this and that. My kids don't, however. And so we're walking through, and I'm laughing because, okay, that's cardboard. You know, that's, that's just, you know, lights. It wasn't even nighttime. It was during the day. And so I'm like, okay, like, I'm, like, I'm laughing. I'm laughing, I'm laughing. But I can hear uh, my oldest daughter, Caitlin, and I think she was like five at that time. I can hear her crying. Like, dad, dad, dad. And, you know, some of the characters are in there, they go, boo. Like, seriously, Boo. Not to actually scare, but they go boo. And um, 
okay, so I love, I love pranking my kids, so I also did that too. So I'd be like walking in front of them, go, woo! And, yeah! and, 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 so, and so we're walking, but I hear Caitlin freaking out. So I grab her hand, and I look at her, she's like, Daddy, I don't want to walk through you anymore. And I told her, baby, it's okay. Daddy will, Daddy will guide you. Just follow Dad. And so we're going, and I'm walking through the haunted house, and the next character who comes out tries to scare goes, Boo, go, ah! Like, I start yelling back at the characters. And I look at Caitlin, and she starts laughing. And I start doing that the whole way through. We get to the end, they give her candy. I look at her, I go, were you scared? She's like, yeah, I was scared. I was like, well, what made you not scared anymore? Following you, Dad. Why? Because you was yelling back at the characters? And I was like, yeah, because Dad's not afraid. Dad's, Dad knows what's going to happen. Dad already knows what's going to happen. And in the same way, that's how we have to be with Jesus. Are we willing to follow Jesus even into the unknown, even if it looks scary, even if it doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like? Because when we're willing to follow Jesus, we can be who we are. See, when we follow Jesus, we can be who we are. I, never, I, I looked at Caitlin, and I was like, you know what, if she's going to be scared, that's fine, because I'm going to be not scared for her. That's why I was yelling at the characters. When we're willing to follow Jesus, we can be who we are, flaws, struggles, and all, because he's holding us in his hands. Because not only does Jesus want the best for us, he loves us, and he's in control. Now, there's a, such a need, there's, we all crave authenticity, and, and so I know, I know people are asking me about my hand, and there, <laughs> there's many people who I told the, 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 the truth to. I've only been saying the truth. But can I be honest with you? Can I be authentic for just a moment? To be honest, this is just a reminder that I still need Jesus. Even as a pastor, as a husband, as a father, I need Jesus. But the reality is, this is only the outward expression of what's happening in my heart. See, what I didn't realize was that last year, because last year was one of the hardest years of my life, losing my mom in January and trying to be who I thought God wanted me to be, I started putting up walls. There came a moment where I actually told myself, you have to stop grieving your mom's death and just be strong. That was a wall. Oh, there actually came a point where towards the end of last year, I told myself that I wasn't going to speak about my mom. Another wall. There was times where I'd be watching something and it remind me of my mom. So I put up another wall. There's frustrations along the way and, you know, things like this, finances and all this stuff. And so I, know I put up walls and, and what I realized is that I put up walls and I stopped being authentic with myself and with the Lord. And what he showed me is that if I'm not willing to be authentic in here, then it's going to show outwards. See, that's why it's so important for us to be authentic with ourselves, with Jesus, and with each other. Because what's so amazing is that after 
this happened, I, I, I was telling people, what was so amazing was that no one judged me, no one condemned me. Everybody shared, like, yeah, we get it. And I was loved. See, we all have vulnerabilities. We all have comfort areas and we all have resistance. But the moment we say, no, I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to be uncomfortable and I'm going to be willing, that's when we get to be authentic with Jesus. And what's so amazing about that is that when we're authentic with Jesus, he comes in and he starts to tear down the walls. And so this morning, I want to invite us all into a moment where we can be authentic, where we can, we can choose to be authentic with the Lord, with ourselves, that we can ask him to come in and tear down these walls that maybe we put up. Because his heart is for us that when we leave here, that when you log off, we don't go back into a world that's filled with fake and falseness, but instead that we would be authentic. Maybe you're here, maybe you're online, maybe you've been going through things and maybe you've put up walls and you're saying, no, Lord, I'm not gonna let you in there. No, I'm not gonna share my weaknesses or no, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stay in this comfort zone. Even though it's painful, I'm gonna stay in this comfort zone. Maybe you're scared of the unknown. Then he's speaking to you and he's saying, be vulnerable because when you're you're weak, I'm strong. Be uncomfortable because when you allow there to be tension, I can move in your life. And even though there's an unknown ahead of you, I know all things because I love you. So I want to invite you into this, this moment that you just be before the Lord and just be real with him. Be authentic and have him come in and tear down the walls. Before you again 
even with our mistakes, even with our sin, our struggles, that you love us and that you have something far greater for us because of who you are. So Lord, our prayer is this, Lord, would you come and tear down the walls that we've put up, that separated us from you, separated us from others, that, Lord, you would do your will in our lives. That you bring healing, that you bring wholeness, that you bring love. That, Lord, we would be authentic in our relationship with you. And in doing so, Lord, together, we would become an authentic community that loves each other, wants the best for each other, cares for one another and points each other back to you. 
Lord, I know there may be some of us here that maybe we've never received you into our lives. And that's the first step. To acknowledge and to believe and to receive you as our Lord and Savior. And if there's anyone here that has maybe never done that before, but you're, you're feeling that, that tug on your heart saying, I want to I wanna receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm just going to say a prayer. And you just be honest and authentic as you speak it and repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead to give me eternal life because you love me. Help me to turn from my old ways and my old life and follow after you for the rest of my days. I give you all that I am and I receive all that you are. Thank you for loving me. In your name I pray. Lord, there may be some of us that maybe we've said that prayer, but along the way we've put up walls. Lord, would you come in and tear them down? We surrender all that we are to you. We thank you for being an authentic God, the real God, the one and only God who loves us. Help us to be authentic with you, with ourselves, and in community. We love you, Lord. We thank you, and we look forward to what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all said, amen. Amen. Woo. If you said yes to Jesus, just let you know you made the best decision of your life. And one encouragement that I want to share with you is if you receive Jesus today, go tell somebody. Let somebody know. We have our yes table located in the fellowship hall that there'll be somebody there to greet you and let you know how to, your next steps in your relationship with Jesus. But we love you guys. Don't forget, when you walk out of these doors, be authentic with Jesus and for one another. We'll see you guys Wednesday night at 6.30 and next week Sunday at 7, 8.30 and 10 a.m. God bless everybody. Take care. Love you guys. Aloha.